All right, and welcome back to Dynasty Kings. We are on episode 24. Today, we are sponsored by Nike the Dog. Who's Nike the Dog? Bill Belichick's dog, because who in the hell is calling the shots for the Patriots? First day of free agency, bunch of big transactions being made by the Patriots. Let's just jump right into it. But before we do, we have a new addition to the Dynasty Kings team. we got my man Jaden in the building. He's going to be coming on. He's going to help us run a TikTok because, you know, we're hip. And we're, he's going to help us with Twitter. Jane, you got anything you want to say? I know you're a soccer fan, but, you know, if you do have balls somewhere, you know, you're more than welcome to just, just say something. Yeah, he's muted. You're muted. Yo, oh, he's muted. Scrub. Oh, <laughs> scrub. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm a soccer guy, basically. I'm going to be running these guys. I'm going to be running your production. Um. Yeah, I'm going to try to learn as much as I can throughout this podcast, basically. Now, Jaden, I'm going to ask you a question. I just so we can test your football knowledge real quick. Of course. What's a first down? What's a first down? It's the What's first, a first down? down. A first down is when you drop the football. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got some work to do. We got some work to do. But you know what? We got big, big things in the works, big things in the works. And, uh, you know, Jaden, we'll, we'll be asking you some questions throughout the recording today, but let's get right into it. So Patriots today, a bunch of big, big offseason acquisitions. They went like I saw a stat and it was Bill Belichick throughout his first for his first like decade with the Patriots spent a combined total of three hundred and fifty million in free agency in this one day alone has spent half of that whole total. Boz, you are our New England Patriots fan. Hit us with it. What the hell is going on in New England right now? Uh, well, I actually I like a lot of the moves they made. They're really stacking that D line, and I mean, when you look at all their Super Bowl teams, and even in general with like almost all the recent Super Bowl teams, uh, they all have a ridiculous D line. You look at the Bucks this year, the Giants when they beat the Patriots twice, and even Philly when they beat the Pats. They all had crazy D lines. We just got Matthew Judon, who might be the best run-stopping edge player in the league. And, I mean, I, I like all those moves. I think we overpaid on Janu and the wide receiver signings. Honestly, I'm not surprised about them. He, he goes after a couple scrubs almost every year. But sometimes they work out with Chris Hogan, Brandon Lloyd, and Danny, Danny Amendola. They all panned out, but they were all second and third options on the team. So in recent years, it hasn't worked out like Demir Bird and Mohamed Sanu. And that's because the Patriots didn't have that alpha receiver. So the Patriots must go wide receiver round one. They need to get that alpha guy no matter what. All right. Well, Kyle, you're the AFC rival. What's your opinion on it? Uh, I, I did like some of the moves. I love the Judon signing. I thought that was the best signing you guys had of the entire day and you're really not paying him nearly probably what he could make on the open market. Belichick probably convinced him to come there for whatever reason. I think you overpaid for Jalen. Uh, without a doubt, you overpaid for Jalen. I don't know uh, why you'd ever throw that much money at him. I think, yeah, it's cool to have your scrub-ass wide receivers that you guys like to have, but why are you giving Nelson fucking Aguilar $13 million? Are you higher than a fucking kite? Like, I don't even understand. I actually really like the Kendrick Bourne signing way more than I like the Nelson Aguilar signing. I think you're tossing way too much money at Aguilar who had one good season and besides that has been rusty as shit and had horrible hands. I like the John New signing, but again, I think you guys paid too much. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, but Belichick's never done this before. So this is kind of what I expected. <laughs> Look, I, I'll defend this Nel Nelson Aguilar signing for one reason, one reason only. When guys have left Doug Peterson's system, they have gone on and done like and have been productive and Aguilar proved that last season when he went to the Raiders I think Peterson's system was specifically built like for certain guys like Aguilar just never fit into his system when they made that Super Bowl run that was like a fluke I actually don't hate the signing I think yeah maybe five million too much but mm -hmm. considering that like Bill Belichick knows his stuff you know he knows his stuff. And if he's going to pay a wide receiver 15 mil, rather than bring in a guy like Kenny Galladay and pay him 20 mil a season, th there's a reason behind it. And yeah. you know what? 
And if there's any head coach I'm going to trust in football to make a decision like that, it's going to be Bill. I think I think Boz is right. They have to go wide receiver one this first round. That's that's the only reason why I see all this. And I think you guys missed on Curtis Samuel. I really thought you guys were going to sign Curtis didn't, Samuel. It didn't, make, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. The, yeah, don't, I, I don't need definitely. more small slot players. <laughs> I mean, I... I didn't. I think uh, Curtis Samuel would have made a lot more sense than Aguilar, just because Cam Newton. I don't even know if he can get the ball deep, and Aguilar's more of a deep threat. So <laughs> Cam well, Newton's yeah. arm just isn't there anymore. And I don't think Ag- I don't think uh, Curtis would have cost you thirteen mil a year. I think he probably would have been in the eight range, more likely, or a Kendrick Bohr signing. Uh, he maybe would have wanted a bridge contract just to prove it. Maybe two. 6.5 it's gonna be interesting where he goes he's one of my favorite low-key buys right now at the wide receiver position yeah and you know it's interesting there's a bunch of new stuff just broke right now Jameis winston returning to the saints on a one-year deal worth 12 million dollars called it just broke and titans just signed bud dupree multi-year deal worth 16.5 million annually and that, Carl Lawson just signed three years, $47.4 million. With who? Uh, with the Jets, followed by Corey Davis signing a three-year, $37.5 million with the Jets as well. Yeah. Some big moves. Uh, off the top of my head, don't like the Davis contract. I Not really, at all. I really like the Carl Lawson contract. I always forget. For some reason, I think Carl Lawson's some old, old fucker. Guy's only 25, and he's productive against the run. And, like, yeah, you want your edge rusher to be getting to the quarterback a lot, but if he can stuff the run, and, I mean, that's a cheap price tag for an edge rusher, edge rusher considering what the Titans paid for for Dupree off of, like, one healthy, consistent year. That's basically what they paid him off of. And then, you know, we'll, like, I'm going to talk Jameis later on, so I'm not going to dive too heavy into it, but the whole Taysom Hill, Jameis thing – no no fucking sense whatsoever instant reaction aj brown wide, dynasty wide receiver one there's I've like a hundred day i've been saying it all day yep <laughs> there's there's over a hundred vacated targets there and aj brown all he needed was volume he's gonna get it now well yeah wide receiver I was, one yeah i was i was arguing about this in the chat with somebody i'm like you don't understand this doesn't hurt aj he's not the type of wide receiver if you put two guys on him he's gonna struggle he's gonna he we already called him 90 10 when it's jump ball because he's that fucking good if he's just getting more shares dude aj is gonna have the most absurd year ever like you would need to go all in on aj brown even if they bring in a wide receiver let's say in the first round in the draft it doesn't matter aj is going for 1500 yards I'm calling it right now on the podcast. Okay. All right. That, that's some Antonio Brown Julio numbers we're expecting to see from AJB. Kyle has put the claim out there. Uh, but you know what? We are getting a little sidetracked. Let's hop right into it. So today, it's a big day everybody's been waiting for. Talking quarterbacks. You know, and Kyle and I both agreed before we started. I would not mention Lamar Jackson. Kyle will not mention Josh Allen. It's only fair. I feel like. Every episode turns into something about them. So this is going to be a little different. We're going to start off with quarterbacks we love. And I'm going to start because I owe somebody an apology. Justin Herbert, if you ever listen to this, I'm so sorry for the things I said about you last year. Coming into the season, I hated him. I don't know why. It was like he looked good in Oregon. He just never looked spectacular to me. He never looked like a franchise cornerstone guy. His numbers really never popped off to me. He had an okay, like, an okay combine. He ran a 4.6840, which isn't terrible. But, like, it was like, eh, he looked okay. I felt like the Chargers were reaching on him at the time with the sixth pick. And then he goes, hey, fuck you to everybody. 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, five rushing touchdowns. Sets multiple rookie quarterback records. And you know what, Justin, bottom of my heart, I am sorry. I will never talk ill about you again. You have my heart, and I thank you for winning me a league. Herbert is definitely Dynasty QB6, in my opinion. I think he's just outside those top four guys and Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. 
it's interesting to already put Lawrence on that list when he hasn't played it down. Yeah, I'm on the same boat though as Luke. I really did not like Herbert coming out of college. I, you know, I remember watching a bunch of videos on him and uh what's his name? Brett Coleman called him Jekyll and Hyde. And I love mm-hmm. Brett Coleman. So whatever he says is law to me. And like, you know what I mean? I kind of like follow him like he's the Bible. So when he said that, I stayed away from him. And so Brett Coleman, I'm a little upset about that, but that's all right. You've done me good a bunch of other times. Uh, but yeah. And you know, what? I love the Chargers moves this off season. They went heavy into the offensive line. We talked about it before we jumped on the podcast, but they signed Lindsay uh, to the highest paid center contract in the league. And he's hundred percent worth the money. The Packers are losing their, their brains because I don't know what they're doing at this point, but dude, the Chargers, the future is bright for the Chargers. Look, I'm just going to say this. A lot of times, like quarterback is such an important, important position that when a team loses, you can almost, almost always blame the quarterback for that. Mm-hmm. And even though Herbert went six and nine, not a single loss was his fault. Not a single one. I, he put that team on his back. I honestly think if this production continues, the growth continues, we're looking at a guy who looks better than Drew Brees for the Chargers and a guy who looks better than uh, Phillip Rivers for the Chargers. I'm I'm being very straight and honest with that one. And they pick it at number 13, so there's a good shot. They could add another big weapon. I, I think, think go it's good fall to them. Pitts could fall to them. Imagine Pitts in charge in with the Chargers men. They let Henry walk and then bring in Pitts. That would be just absurd. You know what? I, for all the vibes I'm getting online, I, I have a feeling Henry's not getting the attention that he wants to be getting on the market. I have a feeling. Because he's subpar. I said it last well, episode. So, so my opinion is, is that Henry ends up signing a one to two year prove it deal with the Chargers. Just because he won't find the big money. Kind of like a Clowney situation. What was it, last year? Clowney mm-hmm. was looking for big money, and he had to sign another prove-it contract just to kind of, like, get there. I think we could see Hunter Henry follow that same route. But I, I don't hate if Henry goes back to the Chargers, because if he does, it's going to be cheap. We just paid up for Johnu Smith. So here's my question for you guys. Would you rather pay $50 million for Johnu Smith or... Hunter Henry. <clears throat> John, uh, without a doubt. No, John Hunter, Hunter. I honestly, I think John is more of a blocking tight end. And for what the Patriots need right now, I would have rathered Hunter Henry. Okay, but all of all of the Patriots tight ends are blocking tight ends. That's the thing. They always have blocking tight ends. What I see, what I see with Hunter that I don't see with John U, productivity. Hunter Henry came in. And was productive right off the bat. And Kyle, don't shake your head at me because you were high on Hunter Henry the minute he got into the league. Yeah, that was like four years ago. I can change but still, my, my point. Uh, you're is- looking at the wrong stat, though. You just said you're looking at productivity. Who gives a fuck about productivity when Johnny was playing on the Titans offense as the third weapon and was running good routes and deep routes and just wasn't being targeted because of the fact that they were a run-heavy scheme? I think the fit is really nice, Johnny, to the Patriots. I still think they overpaid, but I like him over. How is Cam Newton going to get in the ball? How is Cam Newton going to get in the ball? I'd, I'd actually disagree that he's – I don't think he's actually a deep threat really whatsoever. I think he's more of a checkdown guy, if valve. anything. He, he's yeah. a safety valve. That's why I'm I saying think... he can run those routes. That's my opinion. I saw the, him do it with the, with but the, the Titans. But the thing is, is, if they don't go wide receiver, Johnny falls into a, like uh, – like a Gronk situation where now he is the wide receiver one and the tight end one. And I don't think Jonu can like hold that role as Gronk could. And I think if anybody would have been like any of those free agent tight ends could have potentially even gotten close. That would have been Hunter Henry, but probably Henry outpriced himself. I, I that's what I would have to guess. And Jonu's a year younger than him. So, you know, age factors into it. We're getting off topic down a rabbit hole. Uh, Kyle, Who's your QB you're loving, buddy? Yeah, um, just because everybody hates him, I've got to pick him, right? Uh, my first pick is Tua. 
uh, I have to go with Tua. Tua is my boy, especially because of the fact that I was just so high on him last year and I went all in on him. Uh, he's still 22 years old. I don't know what the Miami Dolphins would do if they trade him. The only excuse if they trade him is if they land Deshaun Watson. And outside of that, I don't see any reason why Miami should even consider moving on from this kid. They had virtually no weapons for him last year outside of Devontae Parker and Jacecki, who's incredibly inconsistent. And half the people on this podcast dislike him, including, you know, myself. I'm not crazy about him. Uh, I don't think Tua had a bad season, but I think, you know, it's kind of like seeing ghosts in the past with Sam Darnold. I think, I think he got kind of a little too rushed back from his hip injury and he didn't necessarily have to start this season. I think a full off season, maybe a few more weapons added to that team. I, Long-term, I'm not worried. I really like Tua in college. I think he'll pan out still. And I think if you can get him at the price he's going for right now, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, with Tua, it's interesting. I think a lot of it right now, the hate that he's getting, just it is only because two of his former like teammates are saying that they would have rather had Mac Jones over him in college. I think that's where a lot of this hate is coming from. You take away those two things, I don't think everybody's hating on Tua as much. And his price is dirt cheap right now for mm-hmm. a starting young quarterback. It is so dirt cheap. I have traded for him in leagues where all I had to cough up was a second and a third round rookie pick. Like, I that's insane. Yeah. I don't think his price should have gone down at all from where it was at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was a messed up year with COVID. And um, also... Brian Flores over there, he was he was going back and forth between him and Fitzpatrick. I just I'm very willing to look past this this year for Tua and just take him as a prospect. I really liked him as a prospect, so I'm definitely buying Tua everywhere. Well, it's, yeah, and that's an important thing. Sorry to cut you off there, Luke, but that's an important okay. thing you mentioned. Like Flores did not do anything to help his confidence, and I don't like the fact that everybody seems okay with shitting on Peterson about benching Hurts and how that messed up his confidence, but nobody cares about Tua being benched multiple times and all that thing when the best thing that could have been is probably him not starting the first year more than anything else or just roll with him if he's your player, and that's it. Let him work through the kinks. You know what I, I'll give credit to Tua and Hertz for that I don't think a lot of people are giving them credit for is these guys went through a QB controversy in college. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody who's going to be mature enough to deal with it, it's those two. And the fact that Tua hasn't, he's never said a <laughs> thing about it. He's never said a word about getting benched. And he's still confident in his abilities, regardless of what his former teammates are saying, regardless about what the media is saying. That's a guy I want on my team. That's a that's a guy who has a chip on his shoulder, even if it's a if he's a lefty. That's a chip on his lefty shoulder. You know. Before uh, Derek goes with his next uh, his first pick, uh, it is interesting you say that because I didn't think about that. Tua and Hertz dealt with the the fighting for with each other essentially in college and then immediately got to the NFL and were thrusted right back into quarterback battle. So it is kind of interesting to just think of that. Yeah, and Tua was going up against a Harvard grad, right? So I mean like <laughs> you can't do much with that. But yo, Derek, who's your first guy? Well, who are you taking first? All right. So last year I love this guy. I still love him. Joe Burrow in his final year at LSU. Burrow's completion percentage was almost 80%. And in his first year in the league, his completion percentage was well over 65 until his injury. Uh, he did this with basically zero offensive line. And Burrow's ability to process quickly through his progressions is elite. I think it's up there with the best quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the league. He's just the ideal quarterback to complete passes for your team. So that's going to keep him in the league for 10 plus years. I think you can bank on that. And I think that in itself should make him a round one or two startup guy. But when you factor in that he's tied to T. Higgins for the next three years at least, and their O-line play will continue to improve, Burrow is going to be a QB1 for a long, long time. You know, it's interesting that we started this off and we literally just highlighted the first three quarterbacks taken in last year's draft. Mm -hmm. But it goes to say something, just how good those three quarterbacks in last year's draft are like these are not guys who showed up and are like you know 
not considered generational talents. They're all considered generational talents at this point. Even Tua, who's getting ragged on, is still a generational talent. It is insane what this draft class has produced. Just to kind of sum it up, like I can't see Burrow and Herbert and Tua not having long, successful careers where they're constantly going at each other for like MVP in a few years. Well, yeah, I mean, just that's last year's draft class. Holy crap, man. Like, just think about the running backs, too. You got J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Swift, and then the wide receivers, Jefferson, uh, Higgins, CeeDee, Lamb. I mean, that class is just insane. And obviously, Burrow is a stud. I love the fact that he's tied to T. Higgins. That is awesome. Buy yourself a bunch of T. Higgins shares. He's he's decently priced right now, too. He's definitely in the wheelhouse of being bought up. Uh, he's going to be the wide receiver one on that team next year, in my opinion. Boyd is not a wide Wide receiver one he's a wide receiver two at best uh damn I, wide receiver two at that oh yeah no he is for sure but i'm saying higgins is the one you should be buying uh in cincy between the two of them and i i'd really like to see the Bengals invest some money into their offensive line i'm a little upset they haven't done anything so far in free agency yeah don't get me started on that with kevin zeisler going to the freaking ravens really over yeah. the seahawks who probably would have paid you a good bag just a, a fucking bag on the table. You write the number on the check type of move. I do have a question before uh, before we move on to Luke's next guy. Jaden, did you know any of those guys that we've talked about so far? Any of them at all? Make sure you unmute yourself before you say anything. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's already muted again. He's got to get used taking to it. A, I was taking a lot of notes. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you, if you had to pick right now between those three young quarterbacks, just on name base alone, are you taking Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, or Joe Burrow? Definitely just based picking, on their name. Uh, definitely picking Tua. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the majority is going with them, so I'm going to have to. <laughs> yeah, Tua's. Two is the man. I fucking love him. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess since we got new blood in the show, the only right thing to do is hit a dumb hot take right off the bat. Oh, no. My next QB I'm liking, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I, and let me say something really quick. Yes, I understand he's a system quarterback. But do you want to know why he's the best system quarterback in the game? Because the system doesn't run well without him in it. The 49ers have a losing record when he is not playing for them. They are under 500 without Jimmy G. When Jimmy G plays, they go to the Super Bowl. He does not need to put up phenomenal stats for him to get there. However, he still puts up QB2 numbers in Superflex leagues to make him worth it. And with his ADP right now, you can grab him at the back end of the 10th round. It makes sense if you're running super flex leagues or you need just a backup for, and you want to hold off on taking somebody, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. It is not because he's a generational talent. It is not because he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It is simply because there's a system in place and he knows that system so goddamn well that it does not run without him. And then when you factor in the pieces around him with Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, plus that strong, strong, strong offensive line, Jimmy G will come back next year with a force and will be a top 10 to 15 quarterback, easy without a doubt. No. <laughs> I No, he, I think there's honestly absolutely no way that he enters the QB, QB1, like top 12 picture at all his so he played in three games last year and his numbers were 19 fantasy points 22 fantasy points and then seven those were the three games that he played the full game and i just think his maximum that he can really do is put up 20 a week there's he's just not one of those guys that can ever go off he's he's a system quarterback like you said and i love kyle shanahan's system but Jimmy G is just not it. I've seen him firsthand as a Patriots fan, and he is nothing special. Oh, okay, but he's Bill Belichick's chosen disciple who every single year there's rumors that Bill's going to go out and trade for him again. So, like, how can you hate on your coach now? Because Jimmy, defend, uh, Jacoby defend- Brissett was putting up the same numbers as Jimmy. 
I'll put this in for example. So Patriots just <coughs> went and signed Cam Newton, who's basically Big Ben, but with a worse arm than Big Ben, which is saying a lot. So all he does is run, whereas at least Jimmy G is a playmaker or a field general. I'll call him a field general. He knows how to, to place a ball for his guys to get open. And, like, everybody in the Niners locker room loves him. Kittle loves him. Debo Samuel loves him. He only gets praise. And the 49ers GM, John Lynch, has doubled down and said he will be our starter next year. So there's absolutely no reason why a team that went 13-3 and in 2019 with him at, as, a, as the QB1 who almost threw for 4,000 yards, can't do it again. There's just no reason. And he's 29. He's not even past 30. And he's got the face of a freaking god. That guy is beautiful. No homo. So beautiful. You, there's no prettier quarterback in the league than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll give you this. If he, he has the weapons and he has the system, but... Kyle Shanahan also knows this, and Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure he wants a Super Bowl, so he's going to go get another guy pretty damn soon. What I'm going to say on this, I was patient there. My turn. Don't you dare, Luke. (laughs) What I'm going to say on this, look at what happened with Sean McVay. Sean McVay brought little Jared Goff to Super Bowl, and... They kind of fell apart the next few seasons. What did Sean McVay decide this offseason? I'm done with this bum. And he traded him for Stafford. And they've traded heavy for Stafford, but he wanted a quarterback who could actually utilize his system. Jimmy G is passable at best. He does not utilize Kyle Shanahan's system to its fullest extent. I would actually love to see Matt Ryan in San Francisco do a swap with Jimmy G. That would be a fun trade and bring him to San Francisco. I feel like he'd run that system better. He just, he needs a more talented passer and it's not Jimmy G. I don't know. I think you guys are just hating on him. There's a reason. There's a reason the 49ers system does not work without Jimmy G. Because they were literally had no healthy players last year. It wasn't about Jimmy G. Nick Boza was hurt. Their whole offensive line was hurt. All their skill weapons were hurt. George Kittle was hurt. Like, like what? DeForest Buckner left. Yeah, so exp- explain Samuel was hurt. Like, I'm like, explain what? to me how in 2017 he just walks in after getting traded from New England and goes five and zero. Beginner's luck, bro. New system. New system. system. Nobody 20- had any tape on him. It exactly. happens all the time. 2016. Hap- they had they hadn't played Bill Belichick yet. Once they played Bill Belichick, it was figured out. Look, so that's what I, happens with all these new I, systems. I'm not a Niners fan. I'm a Seahawks fan, so I should not be saying that Garoppolo will be good. But he's not bad. And what his value is right now, go out and get him. Because he's not losing his starting job anytime soon. And if he does get traded, it will be to a team that starts him right off the bat. So it's not like it, it, it isn't a case of like a Marcus Mariota where once he gets offloaded, that's it. He's done. Like, you know, you may never see him in a starting position again. Jimmy G isn't going from a starting anywhere from a starting position anytime soon. And to put you on blast, Josh McDaniels is not a great offensive coordinator. So whatever he did in 2016 was purely based off of Jimmy G understanding the New York, the New England system as best as he could and executing it to perfection. That's what I like about him. He's got a great football mind and that's what Bill Belichick likes in his QBs. So when he went down, Bill, uh, Jacoby Brissett did the exact same thing, if Jacoby not better. Jacoby Brissett got an L starting and put up worse stats. Freaking, uh, I'm looking at it right now, 2016, he came in, 43 completions on 63 attempts, 502 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions for a rating of 113. And then in 2019, he had a rating of 102 when he started a full season and, and played full 16 games. The only hit I have on Garoppolo is the lack of arm and the inability at times to stay healthy. That's it. If he can stay healthy and stay in the system, I think he's still a top 15 QB because who else is there? I'm serious. Who else is there? If you, after you get past those 10, that from 11 to 15, there's not really any guy who's permanent in those roles. I'll give you this. If he is the starter next year, which I think there's a, there's a good shot he's going to be. But um, if he is, he'll be a good redraft value if you play like redraft super flex. Yeah. 
I'd agree with that. But we're getting way too distracted about Jimmy G. So I'm just going to go with my next guy. Uh, so my next guy, we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but I want to talk about him again because I don't give a shit. Uh, I want to talk about Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz. He's bouncing back. He's comeback player of the year. I've already called it before. I, I will literally put a lot of money that he's going to win comeback player of the year. Uh, you know, obviously last season was rough, but who on the Eagles didn't have a bad season last year? He's got a new home. He's got an offensive line. He's got some good weapons around him. He's got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. And let's not forget, this is a guy that before last season had three really good seasons in a row. Uh, you know, in 2019, he had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions for a fourth thousand yards on again a pretty subpar Eagles team that only made the playoffs because of Carson Wentz the year before that he only played 11 games but he tossed up 3,000 yards and 21 touchdowns so again seven picks and then the year before that we all remember his 2017 year where he should have won MVP if he didn't get hurt uh, where he threw 33 touchdowns and seven picks I think that's the ceiling with Wentz is probably that 2017 season but I honestly with Jonathan Taylor in the back the backfield and that line in actually having time and going back to a system that he understands and reconnecting with Frank Wright. Like I, I really think Wentz is going to have an insane year this year. I have no arguments against that whatsoever. The only person who will defeat Wentz is Wentz himself. If he continues to try to play hero ball, Mm -hmm. if he calms down and starts thinking more rationally, he could be, he could be like fantastic. Yeah, he just needs to calm down and get out of his own. He needs to get out of his own way. That's the only hit I have on Wentz. Yeah, it's. I literally don't think you could ask for a better situation for him to go revive his career. No, yeah, and if he, if he, the, this is the one thing I will say: if he fails this time, there's no excuses. This is it. If he does not succeed in this system with what the Colts have in place, that's it. Wentz's career is over. And you know what? If Wentz does take off, Michael Pittman, does he enter into the wide receiver two discussion? Does he become like a more than a flex option, more than kind of like a, you know, is he, will he, will he not hit type of guy? I, You know, I think that Wentz-Pittman connection could be deadly. And I think there's a reason we're not hearing a lot of rumors about the Colts going after wide receivers right now. I think that's a fair point. I still think they're going to take a wide receiver, whether in the draft or sign somebody. Curtis Samuel could work there, as we were talking about him early on the show. They Maybe they don't have to go wide receiver one. I think Pittman has those aspirations for sure. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he cracks tw- top 20 next year if they don't pick up anybody, just because mm-hmm. somebody's going to have to benefit from that system. And don't forget, Paris Campbell is hopefully finally healthy this season, so we might even see that. I, I've... I've given up on Paris Campbell. <laughs> I have so many shares of him. If he hits, he hits. If he doesn't, I'm uh, not gonna be upset about it. But we we know we know about Wentz. So yeah, Boz, do your last guy. Yeah. Do so it would not be a quarterback episode without me mentioning Matt Stafford. And in every season that Matt Stafford stayed healthy, he's thrown for four thousand yards, and this guy's been playing for eleven years. Detroit has has been one of the laughing stocks of the NFL over these past 11 years, and he's finally freed. Matt Stafford gets put into the hands of offensive genius Sean McVay that, terrorize, that terrorized defenses until Bill Belichick figured out his system in the Super Bowl. But McVay has adapted his uh, system, and he continues to, as he has been figured out, he just continues to adapt it. But he was not able to be productive with Jared Goff, uh, Jared Goff at the helm. So with Stafford, McVay will have a lot more arm to work with, and that offense is booming with weapons. So for the, at least the next two years, Stafford is a locked-in QB1 with top-five potential. And for this reason, I think he's worth like the 107 or beyond. You know, it'll be interesting to kind of see how McVay approaches having a QB with like a cannon arm. Cause I, before like golf has a decent arm, but it wasn't anything to like take to the bank. Now he has a quarterback who, who can just dump the ball deep. So it'll be interesting to see what type of routes woods and cup are running together. Cause you know, both of them can run vertical and both of them are good check down options. So it'll be kind of interesting to see where they both gravitate with Stafford there. But I like the, I like it. I still stand by that they paid way too much for Stafford, but 
when it comes to dynasty or fantasy football in general, like probably where Stafford will end up, which is in super flex anywhere from like the fifth round to the eighth round. I don't hate it. It's not a bad pick and he's only 33. So he, yeah, at least two years minimum of productivity. Well, yeah, my thing is people, if people could justify taking uh, Russell Wilson in the top three rounds every single damn season and Aaron Rodgers in the top three rounds every single damn season, Stafford's argument is there. I mean, it's not like the Rams don't have the weapons. I know rumors are out there about Woods potentially being traded, uh, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they keep the whole roster together uh, on purpose. But you got not only does he have Woods uh, and then he also has Cooper Cup, but then you got Van Jefferson who will probably come up a little bit next season. And then let's not forget Cam Akers is an utter stud and he's a good pass catcher too when he has to be utilized in that aspect. I think this is a really good situation for Matt Stafford. I have no arguments against him. I think I think he could finish top five this season. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm with you on that, Derek. I really well, do. That whole offense is just deep in depth. Like, let's not forget about this. You got Cam Akers. Who's behind him? Daryl Henderson, who had a good year for like a backup running back. Yeah, and then after Van Jefferson, you still have Josh Reynolds who mm-hmm. flashes these moments of like, I could be something. It, it's interesting that like this whole roster is so deep with talent. This might be the most talented roster that Stafford has played with since he had Calvin Johnson to throw to. I think I, I'll go as far as saying this is the most talented roster. Stafford has Ooh. never had Stafford has never had a defense that the Rams have. You have to remember that this Rams defense is freaking disgusting. That's the real win. And they brought back Leonard Floyd. I don't know if you guys saw that signing. I, I think they may have overpaid a little, but Floyd really came into his own in the in the uh, Rams system, and he's kind of the yin to Aaron Donald's yang, so they kind of needed him to come back. They got some good linebackers. They got a good young safety duo. Taylor Rapp is going to have a great season. They did lose John Johnson, but I don't think that hurts them. They're going to be really good next season. Yeah, they still have Jordan Fuller. And Taylor and they Rapp. have Jalen Ramsey, obviously. <laughs> that, that does help, too. And the other thing is, uh, Matt Stafford is used to having zero alignment. And I mean, the Rams O-line is definitely hurting, but mm-hmm. if there's one thing that Matt Stafford has dealt with his whole career, it's been pressure. He's a tough SOB. He is a yep. tough SOB. Dislocated shoulder played through, concussion played through. Uh, what was it, a broken vertebrae or something a couple seasons ago? Played through it for a game. Like, he's a tough SOB. So if anybody's going to walk into that Rams locker room and kind of just set the boat straight, because they are, they are Super Bowl contenders through mm-hmm. and through so it'll be interesting to kind of see how stafford walks in uh but that'll do it for us for qbs that we love uh when we come back we're going to talk qbs that we hate we're fading obviously that's my favorite part of the show so make sure you stick around all right and welcome back we're going to jump right into it we're doing quarterbacks we are fading i'm going to get started because this is always my favorite topic to get with I couldn't just pick one quarterback for this selection. I had to pick two. And why do you might ask? Because I don't know what the fuck is going on in New Orleans. So I had to highlight Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston as quarterbacks. I'm just not buying. I'll start with Taysom Hill. He's not a quarterback. He is a poor man's Lamar Jackson. And what is Lamar Jackson? A poor man's Michael Vick. So you're dirt cheap poor if you have Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback. But on top of that, Taysom Hill sucks. He sucks. He did not do anything to impress me in those couple games he got to start for New Orleans. And then they come in and they sign him to a four-year, $120 million deal, paying him Russell Wilson money. I don't care what you tell me to justify the cap. It doesn't make sense. Then we hop over to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston didn't even get a chance to showcase anything last season. New Orleans rolled with Taysom Hill when Drew Brees was out. It doesn't make sense when Jameis Winston is easily the better product at QB on that team. And so they go and re-sign him today for $10 million for a single year. Why? I have no idea why they would go and re-sign him. But he's coming off of, let's not forget, in 2019, yeah, he had that 30 touchdown, 30 interception season but also threw for 5,100 yards. He's no slouch. He could bring a different inkling to this team. 
But because of their inability to commit to either one of these guys, I'm not buying them. I don't care what their price is. I don't care. You can make an argument for both of them. I'm just not doing it, and I have no regrets not buying them. I think so. It's pretty evident from what we've seen last year. Taysom Hill will struggle if he is the starting quarterback. So I think if you're going to buy one of them, it's got to be Winston. Yeah, I've already said before, I'm all in on buying Winston, uh, especially for his price tag right now. I do not think Taysom Hill's a starter. I just think, I don't know what it is. Taysom Hill's got to have some fucking black magic or some fucking blackmail on Sean yeah, Payton and the boys. <laughs> He's got something on that on that Sean uh, Payton run offense or whatever uh, front office in New Orleans because I don't see how the hell you uh, – convinced this this team to throw 140 million dollars at you essentially and i just i don't even understand at this point what the hell they're doing i mean you think about how cool i mean how smart it would be to just sign Jameis for 10 million dollars for a season holy crap that's a great idea they should just do that oh my god right like i mean that's a genius move like holy crap like are I just, we at the, I can't. I can't. I, I, are I'm like, are we at the point in the NFL where gadget players can really attract big money? Like, because here's the thing: when the when the news broke that he signed a huge contract like that, I didn't honestly know if it was as a QB or a tight end. I had no idea which one it was. And I'll tell crazy. you what: with the money, how how the Saints spent money on Taysom Hill, it makes me feel a lot better of how Bill Belichick spending his money. That's true. They got Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and a bunch of other <laughs> players. It was the same amount of money that the states are throwing at one subpar Mormon who plays 17 different positions. Look, and it's not that I don't like Winston. It's just I haven't seen anything from New Orleans saying that they're like committed to giving this guy a shot. And on top of that, because we didn't get to see anything last year, I have no idea if Winston actually picked up anything from breeze because that was the whole point was to bring him in he would get paid a little to nothing and learn from drew breeze i actually have no idea if he actually got to learn anything considering he was the qb3 the whole goddamn season and there's no guarantee he'll start and knowing sean payton he's just going to continue to roll with Taysom hill until he has no choice which will probably be week 14 when they're you know like way out of the playoff picture and it sucks that we're at this position because they could still compete if they committed to Winston a little bit more, but because they're not, I'm not buying either of them. Boom. Mic drop. All right, Kyle, who you got? Yeah. Uh, so for my first guy, who do I have? I apologize. I didn't have my notes up. Oh, my first guy is Jared Goff. Nice and easy. I fucking hate his guts. <laughs> it's easy. I don't even need that notes. Jared Goff sucks. That's all you need to know. And now he's going to Detroit, which sucks worse than the Rams. Have fun. They got a crackhead for a coach now who's just absolutely out of his mind. If you watched his preference, uh, press conference you've already seen enough to know that you don't want anybody in detroit except for maybe i'll take a little hutchinson and a little swift just because i think they're ballers uh but jared goff um really subpar year last year 20 touchdowns 13 picks and that's playing 15 games i mean just no excuse for how subpar that was on a roster that was really good made the playoffs and you know as luke has said already on this show and as like had super all super bowl aspirations and should have maybe even gotten there this year with the defense they had i mean goff hasn't been good since 2018 i just don't see him turning back the clock anytime soon there's nothing about going detroit to detroit that helps him at all i mean there's no wide receivers on that team they're losing so many players right now it's just a horrible situation for goff i kind of feel for the guy he seems like a nice guy but you literally could not pay me to have a share of Jared Goff. I want nothing to do with the guy. It's insane. Before we go anywhere with this, because I have something I want to say, the, the girls who live upstairs for me, I guess, are watching The Bachelor right now or something like that. And every <laughs> fucking time I go to say something, I'll hear is, woo! <laughs> fucking hell. But um, when we're talking Goff, I think – there's something there. And when I say there's something there, he's a serviceable quarterback. And he will be one of those quarterbacks who will always be serviceable to a team who needs a bridge quarterback for a year or two, kind of like what Detroit is doing right now. That's as far as I think his talent takes him. Uh, I would, if we were to redo that 2016 draft, I'm taking Dak Prescott every single day, mm -hmm. first pick overall. 
but it's kind of interesting to see where we've come full circle with everything. And I wanted Jared Goff to succeed. I liked him coming out of college, but I think this just goes to prove that there are times and situations where a system can't cover all your like holes. And Jared Goff is the prime example of that. Yeah. If Matt Stafford can't even be a QB one in Detroit last year, I think Jared Goff's ceiling is below QB two. And if right now, just because he's young, he has a higher price tag than guys like Tom Brady and all them. And I don't think he's going to be starting even more years than them. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't mean, be shocked if Brady outplays him. That's an easy one to say yes to. I mean, I just, I really dislike everything Detroit has done this offseason. I think it's been really dysfunctional. They're already a really dysfunctional franchise, but at least you could see the Jets are trying to make moves. Whether or not I like them or not is it a difference, but at least they're trying to do something. I don't know what Detroit's even doing. They're losing tons of players, and they don't seem to be signing anybody, and it just... I, like it's just a bad situation to walk into. I definitely feel for Jared Goff. Um, it sucks. His career's over though. This is it. All right, boss. Who are you fading? Yeah, I'm gonna be fading Big Ben. And first of all, Big Ben's 39 years old. That man belongs in a senior citizen home. Juju <laughs> is likely going to leave. And this year, Big Ben was carried by his weapons. He isn't a great quarterback. He was somewhat successful because of the team and the weapons he's playing around. When his team was going in the wrong direction, yeah, his team his team is going in the wrong direction right now, and it's just trending downward. So when his team is going in the wrong direction and he's 39 years old, that's just not a quarterback I'm touching at any price. Also, this is a strong QB class, so I would not surprise if they be surprised if they look for a QB early and he gets replaced maybe even midseason. Look. We're at this point where Big Ben's noodle arm is just not going to cut it. I feel terrible for the weapons around him because Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool really deserve better as, as they go into their third and second season, respectively. I think Big Ben's time was over two years ago. I think it was over, especially this season when he shared that really touching moment he shared that really touching moment with Pouncey, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's just been over. It's been over for Big Ben. And he's holding on, hoping that he can take this team to one more ride. They have the defense for it. They On paper, they have the offense for it. But Big Ben is just not Brady. <laughs> Big Ben drinks a, a man mug of beer when he goes to Dave & Buster's with his kids. And Tom Brady gets drunk on avocado tequila to maintain that perfect six-pack dad bod hybrid he has and it it goes to show that you know at times you just got to call your career and I pray Big Ben doesn't get injured this season well I look at it like this right Brady is an example of somebody who's taking care of their body their entire life Ben's one of us man he hasn't really cared. He's lived on his talent, right? Like, you know what I mean? He's what I would be if I was an NFL quarterback, 100%. He's just lived off his arm. He's gotten drunk all the time, you know, slept with tons of women, you know, drunk tons of beers, like not giving a fuck about studying film, like has gotten by on strictly his arm talent, and that's it. And now that's gone. That's enough for me to not want him anymore. Juju walking, I don't think is a big deal. I think Deontay Johnson's going to have a really good season because Big Ben absolutely loves the guy. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I could see them maybe taking a quarterback in the draft, but they obviously have a lot of other holes to address. And the last thing I will say on this, there's a reason JJ didn't sign with them uh, because he doesn't think they have Super Bowl aspirations. If JJ would re- signed the with Cardinals the Steelers, I, I'm not sure, but what, for whatever his logic, the fact that he didn't sign with his brother is a warning sign that the Steelers are on a downward slope. Am I not wrong? I mean, am yeah, I not right? A, I agree. That's a good point. Yeah, right? It like, I mean, if JJ ha- – no, but if JJ signed with them, it, it's like, oh, shit, he believes in the Steelers. Yeah, but- TJ – I know TJ Watt was pushing hard to get JJ. Yeah, and they're brothers and they're boys. Like, come on. Like, like they're actually brothers. We're not just saying, you know, in the other sense. <laughs> Think about the young talent that team has. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick on the defensive side. Then on the offensive side, you've got Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. All four of their careers could be in serious jeopardy because I, the Steelers are about to go through a 
god-awful rebuild unless they land a quarterback who can like just keep the boat steady. The only other hope they have is if, I mean, I'm not ready to give up on Haskins yet. Personally, I I like you know what I mean. And they do have Haskins, and he's signed. Well, now he has, he Ben's has not a good teacher. Team. That's the one thing I'm gonna say. Ben's not a good teacher to give to a kid who's already shown lazy problems and an addiction to girls and strippers and other things like that. I don't think Ben's the guy you want teaching him. But like in general, like I I'm not gonna say their situation is completely screwed. It'd be a really cool story if Haskins went under this. Uh, this mature, the maturation or whatever, and became a stud for the Steelers. That's not going to happen because the one thing him and Big Ben have in common is stripper juice flowing through their body. And if we've learned anything, stripper juice does not equal productivity for Haskins. Uh, Let's segue. I'm going to jump on another one. This one's kind of a hot take, but I feel like I can justify this one pretty easily. Matt Ryan. It's not that I don't like him. Let me justify the reasons I like him. Since... Uh, it, since 2011, he has never thrown for under 4,000 yards. He has constantly showcased his talent, and he also has a great mind for the game. He is the exact opposite of Big Ben. Uh, then this is where I don't like him. He's old. He's 35, almost 36. And the one thing that they don't talk enough about him is he has consistently thrown for a minimum of 500 pass attempts every season, the last three seasons, over 600 every single time. New regime in Atlanta, it's not happening again, and there's no way that they're looking at Matt Ryan as the future of this organization. I think Matt Ryan's stats have looked so good because of how often he has thrown the ball with a new system in place and them being very kind of like apparent that they're probably going to go after a QB in the f- with their fourth pick, and it's probably going to be Fields. I don't see there's an absolute way that he keeps his job past this season, and I think if he goes to a new team, because that team will probably rely on him less to throw the ball, his stats won't look as cushy, and he'll take a dive. And right now, his ADP is still in Superflex leagues, is still high, because of what he's been doing. But once he leaves Atlanta or they move on or they switch up how often they're throwing the ball, I think you're going to see his stats take a real decline. Yeah, you convinced me there. I I agree. Hallelujah. I thought Derek was going to say something because I know know he's another guy that you mentioned in the past, kind of like a Stafford that you like to buy because you can get him so late. And I agree with like Luke's, that's some good points for sure. I mean, like the one thing you kind of always knew what you're going to get with Ryan for the last few seasons, right? Like he was always going to have to play from behind gunsling. You were going to get good high end QB two numbers and uh, quite possibly QB one numbers for an entire year. I think the big problem here now is obviously Atlanta is going to go hopefully finally full rebuild. I haven't seen them spend a lot of money. That shows to me that they're ready to finally commit to actually rebuilding this roster. They go Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or who, who fucking knows what, what at number four. I think that's the sign that time is over for Matt Ryan. I'd love to see him maybe go to a good team that needs a quarterback and win a ring. I think it'd be a cool story, but outside of that, uh, it's a shame. He's a good quarterback, man. It's, but it, I think it's basically, you know, it's time to get rid of him. I think regardless of in uh, I know Buzz, you kind of want to talk, but I'll just say real quick. I think regardless of how his career ends, if Philip Rivers can be considered for the Hall of Fame, I think you also have to consider Matt Ryan for the Hall of Fame, especially because Matt Ryan had more off uh, postseason success than Rivers did. Yeah, I just think it's almost a lock that uh, Atlanta is going QB early because. <clears throat> With, a, with everyone speculating they're going QB early, they would have said something if they really wanted to keep Matt, Matt Ryan as their starter. Well, yeah, right. They would have said, hey, um, I don't know. They would have. Tra- I feel like they would have been trying to trade this pick, right? Maybe like trade back or something like that. Put some smoke in the water. Like, oh, we're going to take Justin Fields so somebody moves up and drafts him, right? Like like the, the fact that they're, they're silent, they're staying put, that just confirms everything, right? Silence is key. It just confirms I, everything. I, I, I like that because this core is aging and it's aging fast. Their defense isn't exactly what it was in 2016. 
you know, you're looking at a team that where like your best players are Matt Ryan and Julio and then Calvin Ridley, which is mm-hmm. still phenomenal, but Matt Ryan's old Julio's showing, starting to show his age a little bit. And I don't, I don't have the hope with Calvin Ridley that I think a lot of people are placing on him to reproduce after what last season was. It's not that I, I really want Matt Ryan to win a Super Bowl. I think if there's a quarterback in the league who doesn't have one, who really deserves one, it's Matt Ryan, but he's not going to get it. It sucks. And I'm just not taking him in fantasy for his value. Agreed. All right. So who's next? Kyle, who's your next fade? Yeah, mine's a pretty easy fade. Don't draft this shithead. Danny Dimes, I hate your guts, man. I bought you a bunch of places last year. You fucking suck. Stop playing football. Uh, Danny Dimes had a horrible season. Yeah, I know his cast was shit. I completely understand. The Giants were not exactly in a great uh, situation, but that doesn't excuse 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Those are horrible numbers. I don't care how you slice it. The year before, he was obviously up and down in his rookie season, but still 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. I think he definitely flashed some potential, but I've always seen the same thing with Daniel Jones. It's really good against the shitty teams and really horrible against any tough team test anytime he has to play a top five defense anytime he has to play a top 10 defense you see him have these multiple pick games and he can't hold on to the football dude he's entering his third season and he's still fumbling the football i mean that's absurd like when are you going to fix that problem you can't it, you can't blame everything on the unit around you i mean it just it's just horrible joe burrow looked better and he arguably had a worse talent just because of how bad that line was and so many other quarterbacks look better with less around them than what the giants have and i just think there's no excuse. I don't I don't like Daniel Jones either, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he'll I don't think like he's going to be what they were hoping he was going to be when they drafted him with the 8th pick a couple years ago. But what I will give Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt was is he did the best he could with what he had last season. He led the team in rushing as a quarterback and he's not Lamar Jackson. That's like, that's impressive. He didn't have Barkley. He didn't have a wide receiver one. I think we were all hoping Darius Slayton was going to be something that he clearly is never going to be, you know, and he did the best he could. And that offensive line was not great. It was on paper. It should have been good. It was not great. Yeah. He has his fumble issues. He tends to make uh, mistakes when he feels pressured, but you can still get him late in like, drafts right now where I feel comfortable kind of taking him as my backup in uh, one QB leagues or even as my third QB in super flex because I think Daniel Jones will kind of go the way of Jameis Winston after this where he'll go to a team with a veteran quarterback like maybe the Bucks because that makes sense pair him behind a veteran he can learn a little get one more shot to prove it and then probably fuck it up yeah, I kind of agree with Luke here. Uh, I am not ready to jump off board just because no Saquon, no wide receiver one, and I honestly think that the Giants are going to make a move for a wide receiver pretty soon. I think it might even be Galladay within the next few days. But um, Danny Dimes, he definitely disappointed me. I was high. I was high on him coming into the year, and he just showed no no progress. But we also saw with Baker Mayfield a, a nice sophomore slump, and then he just turned it on in his third year so yeah but Baker's slump wasn't that bad I yeah. mean like and I I understand okay maybe I was a little harsh on him but maybe it's also because I did kind of buy into him right like I like I didn't have a lot of shares of him in mentoring year two and I and I did and I and I bought it to Slayton too personally because I thought Slayton was a I thought it was a really nice fit for him with that team and I I just think I mean, a lot of the Giants disappointed. I think their defense had a good season. I do like Jones as a coach. Uh, I think they, uh, whatever his name is, Judge or whatever, I'm sorry. Uh, I like him as a coach. And I think they had a good defensive year, actually, more than people realize. Uh, I think their offense seriously disappointed across the board. And I don't think it's just because of the Barkley injury. Luke's right. They paid a lot of money for that offensive line, and it was horrible. Yeah, they restructured Nate Soldier's uh, uh, contract a couple days ago. And they also let Zeitler walk in free agency, which was probably the best move for them. Uh, they're, they're still going through a rebuild. I think Barkley is going to become trade bait. 
by the trade deadline, I think he could potentially be moved. Well, yeah. I mean, they're already saying they might not pick up his fifth year option. He's gone. In my opinion, like that's a, that's a sign that he's getting traded. And I wouldn't be shocked if it happens by the draft. You know what, Kyle, I got to ask though, since we're on the topic of New York and Daniel Jones, you were extremely high on Darius Slayton coming off of last season. I was, yeah, I was. So, so what's your opinion on him going into this season? You know what? I don't know. I would like it if they sign a wide receiver one. If they actually do sign like a Kenny Galladay, I actually really like buying it to Slayton because he's basically free right now. Like nobody really wants him. And I think he didn't really benefit by being a wide receiver one. And I think the year before, um, maybe it's just like beginner's luck slash nobody's got tape on you, right? Now DBs have tape. I also think Daniel Jones didn't really do him any favors. There's a lot of videos online. You can find them all over the internet. Darius Slayton wide open for touchdowns and Daniel Jones overthrows him by a mile. Like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like a Darnell Mooney situation almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can look them up like you don't have to you don't even have to take my word for it. There's a bunch of them. I remember watching the games because I always try to slide Slayton in there sometimes when I could. And I, I, I like buying him at his current price, but I'm not buying any more shares personally because I have too many. Okay, all right. And Boz, last QB up. Who are we talking? Uh-oh. Boz. Am, am I good? Yeah, right, you're good. good. You're all right, so we're gonna have an interesting uh, episode coming out. <laughs> yeah, <some> audio issues. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, first of all, he's a bad quarterback. There's nothing special about his game. He's not very mobile. He does not handle pressure well, and his ac- accuracy is inconsistent. Second of all, last season they were playing from behind a lot against horrific defenses, and they passed way more than they will need to this year. So they want to get back to running the ball and giving Dalvin Cook the ball every single play, controlling the clock. And that is why Kirk will not even be a QB2. And when I tell you his price right now is ridiculous, I think Kirk is just un- unreachable for a not even a QB2. And his price right now is like QB14, QB13. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I just got a little distracted there because I think – the somebody won the bachelor upstairs because everybody's freaking out right now (laughs) but uh uh with kirk it's interesting you know what kirk cousins finds himself in the exact situation as as ryan Tannehill finds himself in in tennessee but Tannehill Hmm. has been like just proficient he has been money in the exact same situation as cousins and there was less pressure on him to succeed and Cousins, like, you know, he's got the you like that meme and stuff like that. And he was decent in Washington for a couple seasons. But I think people got too high on these, like, inflated passing numbers they had because they didn't have a running game. So there was these inflated passing numbers. And everybody was like, oh, he'll be incredible for Minnesota. And he has been nothing but bust. Nothing but a bust. And they're paying him so much guaranteed money. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? Like, you can't just give Dalvin Cook the ball 300 times a season or else you won't have Dalvin Cook in two seasons. Yeah, in my opinion, I think I've said it here before too. In my opinion, I I personally think you should never pay a quarterback unless you imagine that you can win a Super Bowl with them. And I look at Cousins, and I don't see that ever in my lifetime. Like, ever. Even if we had a million lifetimes, I don't see it. And it's, it's you know, he's not horrible, but he's not clutch at all. He's not clutch. Like, he doesn't have it in his system. He loses every primetime game. And the stats back that up. He's, like, I think maybe has one in his entire career. And outside of that, I mean, I just think he's subpar at best. He's got a good arm. I'll give him that. He's got a good arm. But, I mean... I think Minnesota's headed some serious trouble. Hunter is about to demand out from what I'm reading. He hates his contract, and I don't see why he'd want to stay there when you're a top-five defensive end and you're playing on a shit team. I would demand a trade, too. I think Minnesota's in serious trouble. Uh, You know what? Case Keenum gave that team a better opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Agreed, 100%. he ever did. I'd even even go to say Sam Bradford gave them a better chance to win a Super Bowl than what – cousins has done it's just been inconsistency over and over and over you know what he's like 
he's like that ex-girlfriend who you keep giving chances to to like she's like i'll change i'll change <laughs> and never does that's what that's what he is and for some reason they keep doubling down on him if he doesn't do anything this season they have to move on have to yeah, I'm not a fan of him. He just kind of reminds me of a more expensive Blake Bortles, honestly. That's what he that's what he is to me. He's great garbage time. He'll get you tons of stats. I don't dislike him in fantasy. Technically, if you need a quarterback this season, he'll probably put up decent numbers because he does have Justin Jefferson there. And obviously, uh, Adam Thielen will probably do something, even though I did mention I don't like him on our other episode. Uh, but I personally... Yeah, I. this is probably the first section we ever had where every quarterback that you guys hate, I completely agree with 100%. Like, I have no problems with. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that's a perfect note to end this on. Thank you, boys, for joining us today. If you guys don't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Kings Pod and our YouTube channel and hopefully soon a TikTok. Before we end it, Jaden, what's the biggest takeaway you got from sitting in with us today and make sure you're not muted before you start talking. <laughs> Thankfully I'm not muted, but um, I'm definitely going to buy two hundred percent to buying to buying to Yeah. He's all about to It's that Hawaiian blood. Those Hawaiian you wanna, boys. You they know, know why what's he's up. Buying, well, the reason he's buying to it's because it's the closest soccer name that we've mentioned. Whole, like, <laughs> he does team. sound like a soccer player. I'm not going to lie to you. If you told me somebody who's named Tua who played soccer, I'd believe you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you boys for joining us today. Make sure you guys tune in.